on a mission. A mission to entertain and bring to you the listening public and their mom's positive news. One new format. One new series. One new joke. I mean, lots of new jokes. Welcome to That's News to Me with your hosts, Callum and Buster. Yes, and welcome back to another episode of That's News to Me, your weekly dose of positive news, bizarre anecdotes from history, and your two favourite weirdos. My name is Callum, and I'm joined by my, I'm going to use the same word again, erudite. You're just such an erudite human being. Uh, my friend Buster. Thank you. Maybe next week I could be air. Oh, no, mate. The wind catches you. You blow, you know, a little <laughs> bit of breeze comes along, you fall over. I am a bit of a beanpole. Such, and such, all this hair I've got yeah, at the minute. Are. I'm still sporting lockdown hair. Still haven't had a cut since. That is a lie. That is a lie. Yeah. I'm looking at you right now. Yeah. You can't. You can't. It goes down. Pa- That's crazy. Yeah. That's mental. Because you know you're getting old when it takes you nine months to grow hair below you. Grow, grow <laughs> like it used to. Like my hair used to go so rapidly. Now it takes about a month or two to, to get to the length that I need to have it chopped again. You take every two weeks. So it's go every two weeks. I think though it lo- it feels like it grows faster when it's. But of course, it's always going to look like it grows faster because if it grows an inch and it was already an inch, it's doubled in size. But if it was ten inches, it's grown an inch. It's only grown a ten percent. Yeah, that's true. So, of course, we all know that all your relative. hair does grow after you're dead. Yeah, and so I and thought you were going to get shitting. Yeah, <laughs> I thought you're going to get really mad there. Well. So before we get started, please leave us a review on the podcast, whether you're on Spotify, Apple, or anything else help us out a little bit would be fantastic try and get the podcast to be suggested to other people and also on top of that anything on social media as well would be really really helpful go like us on facebook and instagram not twitter twitter's trash and um share our content uh you should see some little clippets of videos and stuff like that as well coming out soon it's been uh created by uh, one and only me and uh, they should be coming out uh, soon so if you could please like and share them too that would be fantastic uh, but yeah let's get on with the show I've got a I've, I've got a, some interesting story what you do not have an interesting story I do me. that is just not how this podcast rolls it, I do you're a man who loves music you love uh, well <laughs> you love I love I love one set of music which is big band I love big band music, and then that's pretty much it. You can leave me out of the rest. Of it. I think music is done, to be honest. I think we don't need to create anymore. It's all been done. Like, you know, Frank Sinatra was. He's been. There's no need to make any more, in my personal opinion. Great. Oh, well, you'll love this story because this is a story about um, dancing and music from the uh, 60s. This is a long time ago. Though. Yeah, so this is when music was pretty, pretty basic. I'll uh, I'll give you I'll give you the headline and set the scene here. So I figured we're talking about um, hopefully soon the end of the COVID nineteen epidemic and plague. Perhaps we can look back at a more amusing plague that afflicted Europe, which was the fifteen eighteen dancing plague. Oh, now that is interesting. Dance is there just loads mania. of people going around and doing the cha cha slide? Well, the Tudor equivalent, yeah, which would have been sort of hopping on one foot to the other, holding your hands daintily to the sides uh, with someone played a double flute, which is like, you know, the two flute, one one in each nostril. Dancing around the maypole. Yeah, with the lutes and stuff. (laughs) Flutes in each nose. Yeah. (laughs) That's a... It's quite the imagination you have there. It's an actual. Well, there is actual. There is an actual instrument from that period, which is a double flute, and it's like two recorders basically that are tied together at the top. But I think you probably could play it with your nostrils. It's the right sort of yeah. shape for it. No, there the, there is actually a, a flute that you you play by your nose. I think it's actually much more sooner than that. It might be quite old, but yeah, there, there actually is a real one that you like. You can stick in your stick in your mouth. And then it goes up your nose, and then you just breathe out, and you use, use your nose. That's it. That's what QI wants. Nose. Oh, we've been sent to link to this. Yeah, you can look this up. Nose flute. I mean, yeah. that doesn't seem insane that you would look at all the musical instruments that are played by your mouth and go, no, no, it's going to be much easier if you breathe out through your nose for this. 
or insane way to look at things. Or, or there's one more place where <laughs> air comes out. <laughs> Actually, technically for women, there's two uh, more. So, how lucky is that? They can exhale hair out of four different orifices. I believe that's called we the human bagpipe. <laughs> I believe it's called a queef. <laughs> Oh, God. We, we've lowered so the tone so far before we've even started the story about dancing fever. <laughs> Look, if the, if the public didn't want to learn about queefs, then they shouldn't be coming to that's news to me. That's true. And if they hit bagpipes, they're in the right place. Yeah. So um, the dancing plague, I'll tell you what happened with this, because it's, it, it's more than just a bunch of people dancing for a time. It, it's pretty weird. So basically... It's in Strasbourg, which is currently in northeast France, on the border of Germany. Used to be back then in the Holy Roman Empire. And it's this beautiful Gothic city town. And it's also where the European Parliament sits. They sort of move between yeah. there and Brussels. Yeah, yes, yeah, so it's, it's a new one. And, yeah. and loads of people, because when they, were, when they moved it, loads of people were really upset because they couldn't get a flight directly to Strasbourg. And we're like, this is what the EU are doing for us, making it harder for us to get to Strasbourg. And it's just like... Yeah, first world problems. So, so yeah. So the, here we are in beautiful Strasbourg, pre-EU, of course. And there's uh, a lady called Frau Trophia suddenly walks out I'm in the street. German. Yeah, she's got a German name because back then it was in Holy Roman Empire. She goes out in the street and just starts dancing. Just giving her a bit, you know? Silently, right. you know, with just, no music, just, just a bit of no boogie. dance. Just yeah, a bit of a yeah, nice one. Just enjoying herself. She did it for a couple of hours though, which then I think that already oh. gets into the realms of weird, and collapsed from exhaustion. She rested a bit, but then got up and carried on dancing. This happened. I definitely, I've definitely danced for longer than two hours before, but I suppose maybe back in yeah. the fifteen eighteen, you haven't got as much food. So you might, you know, sugar yeah. levels are probably depleted. She might not have. You probably don't have the correct trainers on or shoes. Exactly. Or or you, do, you, probably, yeah. you, you probably don't have your Saturday night fever kind of dance move and, and, and attire on to be able to kind of go throughout this. this huge yeah, and you had music. That's the thing. This lady was just out in the street doing a silent disco without the headphones. And nice. this also carried on for days. This was like three days, this lady. Oh, she didn't stop? No, she just out. Just kept on collapsing, getting up. You know, maybe having an energy gel or the 15th, the 16th century equivalent of an energy gel. Stiffing a bit of cocaine, keeping herself yeah. going. And then back to it, just dancing. And over about a week, people kept joining in until there was like 30 or so people just dancing in the street of Strasbourg with this, this lady. So this sounds like, you know what? I would be, this just sounds like Hackney. <laughs> Like you go to Hackney, <laughs> this is what you'd see, and then you'd be like, "Where's the music?" I'm like, don't need music, man. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Just feel the rhythm of the na- nature. Just dancing like, to my heartbeat. Yeah. A black cab's just gone past. What do you mean nature? <laughs> oh yeah, just feel the nature. Just feel it. Oh, oh, we've got, we've got, we've got, we've got the lights going. No, they are the traffic lights. Like, yeah, come on, let's go. Bit of red, bit of green, bit of yellow. Loving it. I no, don't know if you remember the uh, the great Hackney, fifteen eighteen. Yeah, don't know if you remember the great show Space. There's a character in that called Tubes, who's like taken so much ecstasy that he's like constantly having like ecstasy flashbacks. Whenever anything like a phone rings or the kettle boils, it starts to sound like music to him in his head, and he's just dancing away constantly. Like they're in the <laughs> middle of a conversation, they'll lose him, and he starts dancing. So maybe this. Uh, uh, this old lady, this Frau Trophia. popping pills. Was, yeah, yeah, she was a recreational pills. drug user oh, and was having some sort of like acid flashback and was just getting into it. Yeah. It was, it, she, she took so much that when she was exhaling, it was going into other people's bloodstreams and everyone was like, <laughs> oh, just feeling the music. There is no music. Yeah, but I'm feeling it. Let's go. Yeah, well, quite a lot of people were feeling it. So it got to the point where there was 30 or so people dancing uh, in the streets. And so the authorities were kind of worried and they were like, okay, maybe... We just need people to get out of the system. Like, if a kid is really annoying, you get them to run around before bedtime, tire them out. They wanted to tire the people of Strasbourg out to put them to bed. <laughs> so they arranged for guild halls to be opened up for the dancers, hired some professional musicians, hired some professional dancers, 
to just get a big dance organized. People could have a little jig, just get it out of the system. This seems like you know feeding, feeding the dancing. They're, they're, they're making it. It's, it's it's like it's like the police coming along, being like, "There's a load of drugs here. Yeah, brilliant. Here's some more. Yeah. Drug yourself out. <laughs> Drug yourself out." Yeah, or like a parent catching a kid smoking and being right, finish the whole pack, and now you're addicted to smoking. Hold on, but is this? Is there seven people here? Bring in more. <laughs> Teach you a lesson. <laughs> well, yeah, you have a lot more insight than these uh, the civic authorities of 1518, Callum, because that's precisely what happened. What they did is basically organise a party. <laughs> so huge numbers of people joined in this dancing fever. Uh, 400 people apparently started dancing and continuously. Wow. It never stopped. It went, This was in July that this first started. It went on apparently until September. Frantic dancing from hundreds of people in the town and it got so bad people started dying apparently there's some mixed records on how many and whether it happened or not but there's some sources claim that people about 15 people per day is the high level but there's no real details but people were dying of exhaustion apparently from just dancing dancing fever yeah it's it's so much worse than saturday night fever where you turn into john travolta (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and your face looks like that. Whatever his face now looks like in that OJ Simpson thing. My God, he's had a lot of you work. Just going, you just start being like, "I got chills, they're multiplying." <laughs> oh my God! Oh my God! I'm in Saturday Night Fever. Too much. I've got Saturday Night Fever again. <laughs> so, so they organised. So they, so they went right. There's been people dancing for three days. This is this mm. taking the piss. So what we're going to do is we'll set up a party for about Massive three party. months. Yeah. They right. organised a huge, so really huge summer sense. festival, accidentally. Doesn't make sense at all. It's uh, really stupid. But yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe they thought that it was going to be some kind of um, a herd immunity. Like, <laughs> if the first original people died from dancing fever, then then it would slowly, everyone would just, you know, get used to it, and and they'd stop dancing. Well, they they thought um, that there was perhaps people being possessed by evil spirits. Classic, 1518. Yeah. Or that perhaps some religious cults were responsible. Um, Classic, 1518. Yeah. I mean, the Luciferians spring to mind who kiss cats' buttocks perhaps had conjured something up, (laughs) cooked some plans up. Classic, 1518. Yeah. I mean, if you were spinning a wheel of random 1518 ideas, (laughs) yeah, witches, ghosts... (laughs) Kissing cats. That's what they were trying. That's what they were doing. Like, if you carried on dancing, then you weren't a witch. Yeah. If you died, (laughs) you were. (laughs) Yeah. Famously, witches don't have any sense of rhythm. It's all over the place. No. (laughs) Waving their arms around like Kate Bush. You know, it's modern dance. Lots of form. No timing. So, what what do you think was going on here? That's my like. I'm interested now to think what what you think was actually going on. Because uh, I hope you know it wasn't actually kissing cats, buttocks, or evil spirits. No. What do you reckon might have been um, happening here? This. So, basically, what happened was <laughs> this one woman was actually having a massive, massive fit, like a seizure, for about a couple of hours. Exactly a seizure, and then other people were like. That dance looks crazy good, and it started Just imitating on. her. So while, she, yeah, exactly. So she's she's sitting there going help, and then fidgeting, going help, and then everyone's just like, "That sounds like a great song. We'll just <laughs> we'll just do that." Help, and what she was actually saying was was help yeah. in English, the German country. <laughs> Hilfe. <laughs> that is actually a really really good guess. That's what uh, pretty much what this. Uh, was believed to be responsible for quite some time, actually. They thought it was uh, a fungal poisoning that had caused seizures and spasm um, in, in, ah. in the people dancing. But the 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 real reason they reckon now, although I suppose we'll never know exactly because this is difficult to say with certainty in these things, but the... <laughs> yeah, we do, we, we, there's no Twitter or TikTok yeah. at the time for people to be showing their, their fungal seizures. And, and even... So I'll, t- I'll tell you what it is, actually, and I'll t- it'll become kind of clear why it's difficult to know for sure as well. So they reckon now that it was uh, an example of mass psychosis. 
Oh, which is well, how would that catch on? By seeing other people. So it's quite complicated how it works, and there's, it still even happens today. But basically, people can be, you know, the power of seeing something uh, really happening in front of you, like someone being sick or somebody dancing uncontrollably or feeling really ill or seeing something, you know, when you're in a dark room and a group of people, someone sees a ghost, other people see it too. The the way that that works is so complicated because mm. our brains are so complicated, but they reckon that this was just mass psychosis. Well, just this was mass psychosis. And apparently this happened a ton of times in the middle ages with dancing fevers in particular. So this was the, the last one of a string of incidences up and down the Rhine and around other parts of medieval Europe where people just for no real reason took to the streets and danced their little Tudor butts off until they were knackered and ready for bed. That is a bit mental. Yeah. Like the fact that well I suppose you kind of got a lot of things going on there and like right mentality where, where people just join in with things that they just never would do naturally. Mm. Um, and then you also see that a lot with adolescents and stuff like that, like kids just doing shit because they want to fit in. So, yeah, I mean, this, that's crazy. Loads that of elements, yeah, like just... hardwired to copy what other people do in some senses. And that's crazy. Yeah. People just, just saw this woman dancing and was just like, well, we need to just go over there and dance. And they got in a kind of like psychosis trance. Yeah. Odin's um, suggestion is perhaps that the, uh, the, like, the OG of the dance was just insanely hot and everybody was just moving in for a chance to dance with them. <laughs> <laughs> Someone just going at it in the street, just booging away and like, yeah. hey, how are you doing? So... I reckon that would work today. Like, I reckon if you got like Jessica Alba just dancing in the middle of the street <laughs> on her own, there'll be four hundred men just flocking around her tomorrow, like straight away. Like that would be really easy. I think be a piece of piss. They actually, but use... she she shouldn't faint because you never know who's just gonna swoop her up. <laughs> yeah, I think that the user scale of how many people you could attract to you dancing, like like a pied piper of dance, it's like a way of measuring someone's hotness. Yeah, think it'd definitely. Be like, yeah, Hugh Jackman, three hundred people. Yeah, I think I think I'd have minus ten. I yeah, think I'd I start think I'm in dancing, the minus. Ten people would just would just leave. I've cleared dance floors before. Yeah, I'm in the I'm in the minus. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's still probably around yeah. average, though, right? Do you want to hear some other fun and horrible mass uh, psychosis incidents? Go on, then. Was it like a Marilyn Manson concert or something? There's, there's been something kind of some related reason, to that. Every time, every time for some reason a um, heavy metal music goes off, everyone just likes to punch each other, and I don't ever get that. It's the weirdest fucking dance move in the oh, world. Yeah, it's not my vibe. Oh, we'll, we'll all get into the middle and just start punching each other in the head, and everyone's like, "Oh no, but it's not punching each other." So like, yes, it is. It is that's exactly what it is. You come up with a black eye. Yeah, that's exactly. What that's it definitely is. a dance it's pandemic. Whack. That one. I'm normally at the back yeah. having a beer. There's, um, so I mentioned before that this this massive dance panic, dance hysteria that they had in Strasbourg in 1518 was one of a string. There was a, a ton all over Europe. There was one a particular one um, that was blamed on spider bites in Taranto in Italy. Um, they thought it was the tarantula spider, which in Italy is like a wolf spider. And the idea was the behind it was that you'd get a spider bite and the only way to stop you from dying from this spider bite was to dance until you're exhausted because dance that would off. like dance the poison out of you Actors. or hang upside down upside down with your web that would be one yeah. of two yeah, yeah, yeah. different things spin a quick web yeah. get the, spo- the poison out in, in silk yeah exactly uh, there was a ton of outbreaks in factories in Singapore in the 70s where people would suddenly start screaming and violently attacking people and they had to use tranquilizer to put them down uh, and, they... and then someone someone comes along and they're all dancing in the street and like, you know, <laughs> making loads of loud noises and someone comes along and is like, hey guys, is this Singapore? And they're like, no, it's Singapore. Here we go. We're all dancing. <laughs> oh God, when you said dancing in the street, now I have as well at the horrible mountain image of Mick Jagger and David Bowie dancing silently around the Docklands of London. <laughs> What, uh, mate, it's Singapore. Singapore. It's Singapore. It's not Singapore. It's Singapore. <laughs> the, there was also a laughter epidemic in 1962 
uh, that went across. They listened to the podcast, were they? Yeah, I think so. Early adopters. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what the first joke was that triggered it. That, that I did try and find that out because that would be amazing if you could trigger a second laughter epidemic. They were all just high. Joke. They were all just high. Like we all know that they were just high as fuck. Well, it, like, it, <laughs> it went through fourteen schools, affecting over a thousand people in Tanzania. So that wow. that I mean, if it was people getting high, there's some very immoral drug dealers selling drugs to kids. Yeah. In what? In what year? 1962. Yeah, well, it's it's, it's still immoral today, but it still happened. So I, I think 1962 was more than okay. Yeah, um, <laughs> that was definitely within the the uh, window of acceptable yeah. behaviour in the 60s. Hey, kids, eat this. <laughs> <laughs> I've got one more one, last one, and this is quite a recent one. The um, night, the 2016 clown panic. So in 2016, <laughs> you might remember this, there was loads of sightings of clowns just standing outside people's houses, staring into the windows. And undoubtedly, because there were some photographs, there were some actual fucking people dressed as clowns standing about doing things. But there was thousands of sightings all over the world, and it created a bit of a mass hysteria on social media about this it. This story... This story came up, and then it, it happened. Sorry, did you say 1916 or 2016? 2016. Yeah, this is really recent. Yeah, so four years ago. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, the 2016 clown panic. In fact, it's described <laughs> as the great that. clown panic, so it's a bit inflated. <laughs> it happened four, four years ago. Yeah. Oh, I thought that happened much more recently. We'll be telling that. our grandkids about that. The great clown pandemic, pan- pandemic of 2016. And the great. regular normal size pandemic of 2020. Yeah, I think the the clown pandemic was was hilarious, but it was it just shows how many mental people there are out there, doesn't it? Um, <laughs> That's so dismissive really? of mass hysteria. People are bloody mental, aren't they? <laughs> so- <laughs> oh, I just think it's, it's just a bit crazy to go around with like a huge knife or a clown costume and just try to scare people. I mean, yeah, that is um, that is that is mental. Yeah, but, but there you I, go. But these are normal people. These weren't crazy people. These were normal people. Yeah, well, they, under tremendous stress. Yeah, people, uh, people like, who appear to be <laughs> mentally perfectly healthy can, yeah, be. That's what I'm saying. I'm, I'm, I, I, yeah. I don't think. I don't think you could have ever sat there and said either any of these kind of people had like a proper legitimate, uh, I, I don't know, I haven't met them, but I just feel like they're not actually like, you can't sit them down and be like, oh, you've got schizophrenia or you've got this. I just think they're just normal people mm-hmm. acting a bit mental. Um, Mass hysteria. Yeah. But yeah. you know what? I, I That dancing fever sounds like the best type of fever ever. Yeah, it's that? better than quite it's fun. better than COVID nineteen. I think we can say hands down. Yeah, yeah. Well, actually, it stops you from dancing and takes you all away from the clubs. <laughs> yeah, I would. No I would dancing, tr- trade COVID nineteen for dancing fever in a heartbeat. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Hundred uh, percent. Cool. Well, should we get on with some recent good news? Yeah, let's do it. Open your mouth. It's time for the news. Do 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 do. Wow. Uh, so Spain wants to make it easy for any company to shift to a four-day work week. Oh yeah. Recall. That's great. Four-day weeks, though. Surely people will do less work, right? Is it is it a good thing? So Microsoft uh, ran a pilot in Japan in 2019, giving employees Fridays off and saw productivity grown by 40%. Unilever, that owns Ben & Jerry's, is now testing a shorter work week. Genuinely, in terms of productivity, you have bigger outputs because people are more rested, uh, much more happy. Um, and then, therefore, they will do more work in the time that's allocated with them, with them between Monday and Thursday or whatever four-day right. work week. So it more is. work gets um, done. That's a big tick. Are people happy with it? Do people who do a four-day week enjoy it as much as I assume they would? I mean, I would love to do a four-day week. 100% more time to have a wank. Uh, <laughs> who won't be happy about that? Or less time to feel guilty about having a wank. <laughs> <laughs> but, but the... the uh, I yeah, was about to ask you, what would you do if you had a spare day with a four-day week? But then we, you've already answered it. <laughs> Wanking. So some good news coming out of Singapore. They are the first country in the world to approve lab-grown, slaughter-free meat. 
for sale. Did you say Singapore, Singamore? <laughs> Singamore. <laughs> Singamore. <laughs> we do like an That's Oklahoma cool. style musical about them. Singapore, so, where so the it... meat is grown in a lab. <laughs> <laughs> we get back into our jingles. We're going to be selling jingles. So, yeah. by the way, if, if anyone wants a jingle to be sung by me and Buster, we are definitely up for doing it. Um, yeah. We will charge you. I, I, I think I'll go and rate uh, £10,000 per second of. Oh, no, I actually want to do them. Let's make it really cheap. Just a pound. We'll do it for a pound. But we we retain complete creative control. So See, I'm I'm the entrepreneur in this sense, and and Buster's very much more a charity-focused human being. It's a people. Um, So, yeah, Singapore, it's where they don't kill edible for meat. Yeah. Do, 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 do. Actually, that could be the name of our company that does the jingle, Singapore. So so there's, uh, there's this company called Eat Just which is uh, quite a clever name, although it may run into problems with Just Eat. But uh, Eat Just, they've got regulatory approval regulatory approval uh, from the Singapore Food Agency to sell this meat, which is grown in a lab. Uh, it's taken from a biopsy of an animal, so it, it's not completely taking an animal out of the step, but it's a small biopsy, which is taken from a living animal and is, is painless, essentially. Uh, it's like an like a injection or something. And that biopsy can create loads and loads of food because it, it can be it's almost like the starter and sourdough once you get it going it's like a chicken sourdough denmark will end all new oil and gas exploration in the north sea as part of a wider plan to stop extracting fossil fuels by 2050 um they also the government has cancelled the latest licensing round on thursday so basically denmark won't be trying to find new oil refineries and stuff like that to extract it out of the ground they're going to be leaving it in the ground in in their area it doesn't mean other countries won't start doing that but uh, denmark is one of the biggest countries for exporting oil and uh, gas so it's really really cool that they're going to stop doing that um Mm. so for example um it pumped 103,000 barrels a day in 2019 so um a huge huge amount of of oil and gas fantastic news that's great yeah environment can i make it better yeah we've got to keep that we've got to keep that shit in the ground fossil fuels keep the dinosaurs in the ground yeah so we have some good medical news. So I don't know if you've ever heard of sickle cell disease, but it's a blood condition that yeah. basically feels like really, really painful pins and needles uh, as the blood cells in your body change from round blood cells to sickle-shaped blood cells. And the gene editing technology CRISPR has just successfully been used to edit stem cells, then put those, transplant those into the marrows of patients and has uh, seemed to have permanently treated sickle cell and another disease called beta thalassemia in a couple of patients. So it's very early days, but it's proof that uh, gene editing, CRISPR gene editing, has some practical working medical uh, applications, which is really exciting. If only Hitler just didn't ruin it for everybody else. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> he didn't start going on about eugenics. Thank God he didn't have access therapy. to this, yeah. Fucking hell, Jesus Christ, ruined it for everyone else. Like, just imagine where we'd be if it wasn't for Hitler ruining gene therapy and if it wasn't for the church ruining stem cell research. We'd be way ahead by now in terms of our um, saving people's lives. But that, Maybe, yeah. <laughs> that's really good. It's really great news. But nothing wrong with taking your time with this stuff, I guess. More environmental news. Uh, Tasmania is now of one of our only a few places worldwide entirely powered by renewable energy. Uh, so... I think we were talking about this uh, before the podcast. We've got like Costa Rica, uh, Iceland, and Scotland that are completely 100% mm-hmm. renewable. Uh, obviously, Tasmania is, is only part of uh, Australia. Um, I, I still think it's like not real Tasmania, but I just think of the Tasmanian devil. Yeah, and I'm just like, well, it. that's. But, but it's a real animal as well. Yeah. And so it's really, really annoying that they've kind of like, you know, in my head. Like, I, I can, if you ask people, I reckon if you asked 100 people in the UK, is Tasmania a real place? Like, I reckon 70% will come back to say no. I, I, I really <laughs> believe that. Um, and Sherlock and, Holmes is uh, the real yeah. person. I think that's a, another common one. 
my girlfriend told me about this. So she went to Baker Street and went round his house. <laughs> yeah. So they actually bought up a house and they actually have a museum of Sherlock yeah. Holmes. And it wasn't until halfway through that she realised he wasn't real. I think that's very unfair. It's actually <laughs> building their house there. Yeah, very, very unfair on, on the... the Non- unknowing public yeah. um but the state has a long history of hydroelectric generation and you know we're very pro environment on this podcast uh, so it's another great thing in the world that, mm. that, that part of australia is now completely 100 uh, reliable on renewable energies and long may that continue and more countries and more places uh do the same yeah it's great to see some countries set uh, become role models and set a target proving something's possible Close your mouth. You're full from the news. Do 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 do. Wow. I've got an interesting story for you. Go on. It's about a real life Rambo, or as I like to call him, Canadians Rambo, because they say they pronounce <laughs> things weirdly. The story's about Canada's hardest man. Okay. Balls of steel, so... blood made of maple syrup and grizzly bear piss. <laughs> what a description. You thought the Mounties were tough. Wait until you hear about this yeah. dude. Yeah, this guy sounds well hard. He probably apologises though all the time. Oh yeah, you know it. Being he's polite as hell. Yeah. Yeah, lovely. So he's not really Rambo, is he? <laughs> no, I think just better. Shooting, stuff, shooting someone with a bow and arrow and just be like, hey, sorry. <laughs> I like Rambo. So Didn't mean to kill you, eh? The guy's called Leo Major. And we're talking, he was born and fought in the Second World War. That's where he really distinguished himself. So basically, when he was a young man, he was trying to earn his father's love. Uh his dad basically had a fractious relationship with him and was trying to prove himself to his dad. He decided to sign up to go and fight in the Second World War. And it, I mean, it is worth thinking about what a different place the world would be if fathers just loved their kids instead of making them yeah. fight in wars halfway across the world you know, in order to Crazy. earn enough you know, child points for a hug. We, 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 we don't... We've talked about this before. I mean, um, Donald Trump wouldn't be an issue right now if that was the case. No. His, you know, Fred uh, Trump just needed to give that kid a hug. Christ. <laughs> we talked about this before, though, because in the con- first constitution ever made in Rome, literally had a law that said if your father tries to kill you three times, you can then no, no longer need to call him your father. Yeah. So that it actually had a real law yeah. inside there about fathers trying to kill their own kids. This isn't so an isolated been, issue, yeah. It's, it's just been and forever, yeah. So Leo Major, um, which is a confusing name if you're going to join the army. It's a great name. Uh, it's a great well, Oh, yeah, Major Major. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a character in Catch-22, uh, Catch twenty one, <laughs> twenty two. That's the sequel. Um, in Catch <laughs> Catch twenty two, there's a, a, a sec- there's a character called Major Major, and his dad called him that as a joke. And so when he joined the army, they just promoted him to major because they had no idea what to, else to do with him. So he was Major Major Major. Major Major Major. Yeah. So this could be a problem yeah. for Leo, but he wasn't promoted because they didn't know what to do with him. Leo Major is Canada's toughest man. So. He joined up in 1940 and was part of the Canadian troops landing on the beaches of Normandy. So on the day of Normandy, he was having successfully landed on the beach, uh, given a mission to recon, to find out um, where there's been some armoured vehicle has been captured, which had some equipment and codes. So he went patrolling with with a buddy. It was supposed to go with a buddy of his, but his buddy was ill. So he went on his own. Uh, and he had a gun battle with some SS soldiers, which is the elite soldiers, and one of them managed to set off a phosphorus grenade near him, and he lost an eye. So this is the start of his double hard story. He did this whole thing with one eye and a cool eye patch. Half blind. They they tried to send him home at this point as well because you know an an eye injury. if, If he was if he was if he if he already had an eye patch. 
like he must have knew like it's a bit of a weird thing to be yeah. carrying around with he you. took one with him like, like getting, exactly getting everything ready getting all your guns <laughs> and then just like i'm taking my eye patch right you never know when you're gonna lose an eye never you never know <laughs> and then as he was and as he came back and he saw his mate he's like i told you i'd need it yeah I told you you took the piss out of me <laughs> for me taking this with me didn't you <laughs> No, I was taking the piss because you drew a skull and crossbones on it. That's why I was taking the piss out of you. <laughs> His presumptive eye patch. <laughs> what do you mean you haven't packed your speculative eye patch? What the hell will happen if you get into trouble out there? <laughs> why haven't you taken it? Like everyone's going. Everyone else has got them. Yeah, but presumably because he's Canadian. Like all Canadians, they always have a maple leaf somewhere on their clothing so he's already lost an eye and no maybe now his dad is returning his letters but he goes into this next phase of the war he goes into the battle of Shelt, um which was another recon mission so he was kept in the army they tried to send him home but he said no no you only need one eye to use a gun which is fair to be honest so he was a sniper and a recon soldier so he went out scouting wow. and he found he found two german soldiers so he captured one of them and used the other as as bait to try and capture the other soldier. But then a gunfight ensued and he killed that guy. So he realised... Uh, he catch a German by putting a, another German yeah, it's, yeah. On, a, on the end of a fish hook and just dangling him. If, <laughs> if you, you know, you're always, if you're in a foreign country, attracted to people who speak your language, you know, so you're the, you know they're all hanging out in France. They would have heard like, you know, Guten Tag and off he goes. So he, uh, he yeah. captured this soldier... But then he tried to use this prisoner to also reach uh, the German commanding officer because he was now on his own with a prisoner. So he went, mm. captured this German commanding officer and then somehow convinced him to surrender as well, along with all of his men. It's a bit of a risky gamble, but he managed <laughs> to do it. Hang on, a minute, hang on a minute. So a Canadian, the ni- nicest people in the world, yeah, right, he captured one, one soldier... He got another soldier and put like a box on like on, on its like kind of side with a stick underneath yeah, it. Yeah, underneath yeah. there, waiting, waiting for when the colonel came in, he'd crawl in with him into. Oh, what are you doing in the box? And the box would close. Like, yeah. no, yeah. I've been captured as well. And then caught, <laughs> caught the colonel. And then he came along. He's like, I only let you out of the box if you all surrender. He's like, but I've got like ninety-five men with me. What you can do? And and then what happened? How did he convince the geezer to? Did, did, it, did, did, did they surrender? Well, he did. And actually, you made an incredibly accurate punt. He managed to single-handedly capture 93 people. Oh, my God. Seriously, it was that With many people. Two. That's 35. Yeah, this 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 pirate, yes! this Canadian pirate, managed to convince this German officer to get his whole troop to support. And he marched them all back, handed them back in, and then went out back fighting again and started fighting the SS who were also around in that area, who in fact started shooting at the prisoners because they were so confused that there was 93 people being led along or 100 or so people being led along that the Germans started shooting their own men because they saw that many people and thought, oh, it's, you know, the Canadians maneuvering around. Jesus Christ. So he... People are going to think that I actually, I actually know about this story story. beforehand. (laughs) I, I genuinely don't. I have no clue. Yeah, this is an incredibly good punt. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's um. So he then was leading them out, and when they couldn't surrendered, and the other Germans are shooting at him. Yeah. So this is this is um this is, one this of his. Is, this, is, this is very bold. It's a very bold thing to do. Yeah. So not only have we got them to surrender, he's not getting other Germans to shoot him. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah. There's amazing yeah. bit of psychological work going on here. Yes, he's got them. You know, they're like putting in his hands at this point. So for his bravery and this initiative and what he did, he was offered the uh, an award, uh, a medal, a distinguished service medal. Um, but he refused it. He didn't like his commanding officer, um, Montgomery, who was a, a British officer, uh, who was leading the British and Canadian South forces? He refused officers, to um, to accept the medal from him. Didn't like him at all was his quote, saying he was incompetent and I didn't like him at all. So he refused this medal, which is, you know, one of the highest possible commendations you could receive. The Distinguished Conduct Medal. This thing. It doesn't end there. <laughs> he then um, was 
out helping to load uh, bodies from a destroyed tiger tank into the back of a like troop carrier. And he was driving along in the back with these two mates of his driving in the corpses in the back. And then this truck hit a landmine. He was blasted from the wreckage and knocked unconscious. And the next thing he remembers is he's been driven to a um, field aid station, being injected with morphine every few minutes for the excruciating pain that he was in. And you're thinking, okay, he's lost an eye. He's hit a landmine. Game over for Canadian Rambo. But no, he was actually incredibly survived this without any serious injuries and was quite quickly back in the game and ready to get a second. Are we talking medal. a few hours or are we talking a few days? It was a few it was actually a few weeks. So right. he, he was actually so pretty bad. badly messed up. But <laughs> he should have been sent back home to be, you know, drinking yeah. maple syrup and hanging out with Mounties and, and you know He sounds like a legend already. Them. Yeah. Yeah, so this is where he, it gets really he, nuts. This is where he goes I mean, 93 prisoners wasn't enough for him. This is where he decides that he's going to take it up to the next level. This is when, this is basically his daddy, do you love me now? Crescendo. He wasn't the guy that sold Hitler the cyanide pill, was it? <laughs> so he was, he was, they asked for so, bold... so, basically, so basically, like, if, if you're saying this, then the, the kind of like landmine, kind of like, blow up his rage <laughs> like he's just gone off the wall he's like right i'm doing them now i like i'm really doing them it yeah it actually that is precisely what happened in his next um major outing so he was asked they asked volunteers uh, to go and scout this town of zwolle uh, which is in the netherlands and the other guy he was with who volunteered with was a really good buddy of his uh, called willie something uh, not the same wasn't something I just couldn't remember and I haven't written it down. And Willie Willie something was out with him. You can't not laugh at Willie, can you? <laughs> and they were out, and the, and the the plan was for them to recon the town before it was due to be shelled that evening uh, or the next morning by uh, artillery. They while they were reconning the town, though, they bumped into some SS soldiers, and his friend was was killed. Then. The Canadian Hulk went human. into don't, don't don't piss him no, off. Don't piss him off. He went bananas. So he killed the SS soldiers who had killed his friend. The only remaining soldiers, I think he killed three or four of the soldiers. The other soldiers ran away. Then and I then think then he apologized. <laughs> then he ran around Sorry. the town throwing grenades, firing guns, and the garrison in this town which was probably something like sev- several well at least several hundred so like somewhere from two to seven hundred troops in this town fled because they thought a full-scale assault from the canadian army had started it was in fact just one one-eyed man running around town <laughs> screaming throwing grenades and apologizing wow so they evacuated the town the germans left swallow completely unharmed uh, he himself, Leo Major, had pissed off because after he'd run out of grenades, he just left. But the town, because it was completely deserted, didn't have to be shelled, saving hundreds of civilians' lives. And the Canadian forces walked in the next day. He'd captured Zwolle on his own. And this time, that he was offered the Distinguished Conduct Medal and decided this time to accept it. He did accept it. What a legend, though. What a legend. So you're probably He's thinking now, I'm going to tell you the sad story of like his next crazy act of bravery uh, and, and how it, you know it killed him. But it doesn't end there. He survived the war. Uh, and he decided after the war was over that it, despite being a legend, having been offered two distinguished conduct medals, well. he decided a bit of a it's just a bit more war was what he fancied. So when the uh, the US and its allies fought against China in the Korean War, he went over there and started fighting there as well. And if you can believe it, he, he decided to outdo himself. I presume he'd had some sort of argument at Christmas with his father. <laughs> but either way, he turned it up to 11. So 
Do you love me now, Dad? Yeah. <laughs> Do you love me now? So there was he was part of a sniper recon team. He had uh he's part of like a 18 or 20 men crack team of uh of, of covert snipers. The Americans and Canadian forces had this really, really um important hill to capture and there was a ceasefire on the horizon so both sides the chinese and the u.s wanted to capture that hill when that ceasefire was announced because it would give them a bit of leverage in the uh, in the negotiations so it was hugely important there was a, a massive force of chinese soldiers dislodged the u.s vomit i think something like forty thousand chinese soldiers attacked the u.s and knocked them off the top of this hill with uh, with just you know a week or two to go before the potential end of the war so he was sent with this little group of 20 men. It feels like you're really building this up. This is, this is, this honestly is insane. He has 20 men. He sneaks up the hill into the middle of this force of thousands and thousands of Chinese soldiers and starts firing at them from all directions, causing a panic because they think that they're being shot at from their own lines. They start firing back and killing other soldiers from their own army, causing complete bedlam. And a full retreat from this hill. So him and 18 other guys capture this hill. His orders were, though, to capture it and retreat because there was not reinforcements available to be able to hold it. He disobeyed those orders and decided to stick around at the top of the hill. Him and his 18 buddies held off a counterattack for three days of a force of 14,000 troops against 20 guys. He held this hill for three days, calling in mortar and artillery strikes so close to him that they could be heard on the phone as he was phoning them in to the forces back and the allied lines. And reinforcements came and relieved him. He not only held this counterattack back, he survived. He held this hill, survived, and got, got relieved on and was sent back home. He survived the war. He held this hill the men of, and did it. The men of Sparta was there. was like 300 was of them. And they got a massive movie. Yeah. Got a massive movie made about them. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Gerard Butler should have sat there and went, hang on a minute, there's a guy that did this all on his own with a few hundred yeah. people. Then I want you to imagine should, him really... kicking someone into a well and shouting, this is Montreal. Leo! <laughs> <laughs> This is Leo. This is Leo. Yeah. <laughs> so that is, he's. He, did he live a very long life? <laughs> or he did. Did he go back to? Did he go back to Canada and be like, it's boring now, isn't it? He did. He, You'd be bored. <laughs> You'd be well bored. <laughs> <laughs> you'll be you'll be sitting there just like you know with your cup and ball back in nineteen fifties. Just ah, this is boring. <laughs> this is boring. Go, he, got, yeah. he got another yeah. Distinguished Conduct Medal and still remains the only Canadian to be given that medal in two different wars. I mean, people tend to get things like that posthumously, but he survived both the Second World War and the Korean War, two of these medals. And I assume at this point, either his dad died or they made <laughs> peace with each other because then, yeah, he retired from the army and lived a very, very long, peaceful life. He died only in 2008 aged 87 um he was shot in the ankle with a silver tipped arrow made of garlic and kryptonite which was his only weakness <laughs> the only way they could get him yeah they, that... death had to sneak up on him in the night time otherwise he would have shot or captured death and I, traded I'm, death I'm, for more prisoners I'm, I'm generally not actually a big fan of wars I'm a, I'm a bit of a pacifist i've never actually had a fight um, and I don't think that bombing democracy into anyone is, is, is of any use. But I have to say, this guy's got into my good books. Yeah. That's, that's, if you're going to do a bit of war, you may as well do it right. <laughs> do it like he did it. Do a Leo exactly. Major. Imagine if you had just like, you know, well, in that case, they probably had about you know, 18 of him, but imagine if you had like 300 of him, you could just <laughs> beat everybody. Everybody. <laughs> There'll be no need for any war ever again, because literally like, the the, the Palestinian-Israel war, you'd be like, well, send over the Leos. And they'd be like, alright, alright. Right, Peace right, in the Middle East, down. done. 
peace in the Middle East done. Like we're standing in the Leos. He will sort you out. He's 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 scarier than a nuclear deterrent, isn't he? Yeah, he did this all with one eye as well. He'd be able to claim disability benefits. Like, did he get frozen like Walt Disney? Because then we can bring him back to life and like clone him and stuff. Yeah, that. I mean, yeah, that would be a really good idea. He'd be fucking scary. Like Jesus Christ. So yeah, that's that, that, that's a that's a brilliant brilliant story. It is, and there's no oh, movie about this, to... so we could get some movie rights for this. Because, like you say, they did one about Thermopylae and 300 Greek soldiers against the Persians. Where's Leo Major against 14,000 soldiers? Yeah. You know, you know, at the start of movies, though, they'd say stuff like, you know, some of the events have been made up for um, purposes of of the film. You couldn't put that. You just have to put some of the some of what he said has been made up. The actual events are real. You won't believe the shit that's just about to go on yeah. in this movie. No, really, he yeah. did all this shit. <laughs> Fuck me, it was crazy. Might have to be the other <laughs> way, but like some of the events in this film have been turned down because the reality is so ridiculous <laughs> that no one's going to go it. Yeah, are we going to make a movie of this? Do you think? I, I think we definitely should. What would what would we call it? Do you love me now, Dad? Yes. <laughs> okay. Well, that is all we have time for this week on. That's news to me. Please follow us on all of the social medias, uh, including Facebook and Instagram, but not Twitter. Twitter's trash. And um, yeah, please like and and review our podcast as well. That would be fantastic to help out the algorithm. What have we learned this week, Buster, just before we go? Well, we've learned that back in 1518, there was an altogether more wholesome epidemic sweeping across the continent in uh, dance fever and we've also learned that guns don't kill people one-eyed canadian people do (laughs) yes and uh yeah well that's goodbye from me and it's goodbye from you how long were you trying to say what was a beta thalassemia thalassemia how long were you just sitting there just every in the middle of meetings just sitting there going beat thalassidema you know how I do all the prep for this podcast I stand fully naked in front of a full length mirror (laughs) I write the things that I want to say in lipstick on the mirror and and then I don't say them out loud until we go live I like the pressure give yourself a bigger knob as well (laughs) yeah just draw it on there Yeah, well, you've seen all the videos of plenty, of course, you know. Just explaining it for people who don't know the process.